welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. All right. Yes, yes, yes. What you just saw was a conference recap video. And I absolutely love that. You may not know this, but we had over 800 pastors with us in church this last week. And uh, you might even hear it in my voice. We had service after service after service. And uh, it was so much fun to be able to train other pastors, to have them be a part of it, them encourage us. And um, thank you to all the people that took time off work and actually helped with that because that made it happen and we couldn't do without all of you saying, hey, we believe in this mission of the church to help other churches. And if you don't know that about our church, we love every church that preaches the name of Jesus. We are for them and we wanna help them. We're not in competition and so we did that. And another thing we do is, I just wanna give you this update. Um, We have been going out uh, all across America and doing generosity accelerators and that's where we teach churches about kingdom builders. And as I've been going to these other churches, I've been noticing this, um, they're doing kingdom builders. I just wanna show you this. This church is doing kingdom builders and they were so excited saying, we are copying everything, like even the photos, they're like, it's like all us. And then this next church said, here's ours, but this other, and, they, and if you can't see it, but in the corners, it says, we ask, we seek, we pray. They even took our theme. And then this church here with kingdom builders, uh, they even, I opened it up right to the middle page and look what it says. Plan, vision, dream. I couldn't believe it. Plan, vision, dream, right there. And, and they're doing everything. They even had a whole section of their church um, that was a kingdom builder's wall. And they had all the things, global, local, future Christian leaders. And they had plan, vision, dream on the wall. And I, 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 I gotta tell you, I was a little overwhelmed. I'm like, you're helping them. And, and just so you know, the churches we've coached so far um, we, we believe in the range of over $100 million they've given to Kingdom Builders. I think that's worth a hand clap. So uh, a lot has been going on around here, but as a church, we focused uh, two weeks ago on Pentecost Sunday. I really felt the need to focus on that. I'm so grateful for our team um, that preached it, and I love that we have um, Home Team Weekend. Again, they did a great job. Uh, I don't want us to miss this. We're a spirit-filled church. We believe that. The church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. We believe that is for today. And so we focused on that there. I asked Pastor Herbert Cooper to preach on that last week for our church. And then he spoke at our conference. And he said, I have other messages like my A-game travel ones. I said, could you stay in our series and do this? And I thought he did a great job. But I just, he said, "I'll, I'll do, I'm here to serve. And he did that. And then I intended to preach this week as well on that, uh, on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just wanna pick up uh, where he left off. He, I, I liked his illustration. He said, too many of us are running on red. We're running, we're, we're not full of the Holy Spirit. We're running on red. And as he was saying that, I was thinking about when, when you're desperate and your phone has, is running out of power, how many know you're like, does anybody have a charger? Does anybody, you, you start thinking like, does anybody, have, where's a charger? You get desperate. And I think we should be desperate when we're not full of the Holy Spirit. You know, um, when you're like, when you're running low on power and you have a charger and you're in a restaurant, you're like, where is the booth with the power? Where's the booth with the power? And there's always somebody in the booth with the power. How many are I talking about? With that one outlet down there. And so you're like, oh, move, I wanna get it. There's a desperation to get the power. 
How many know when you are running out of power and you call somebody, you're like, I gotta make this quick, I'm at 2%, 2%, 2%, let's go, talk fast, talk fast, you know? I mean, and, and, and then the last thing I thought about was like, stop what you're doing. Like, I don't know if you've ever been at the mall and, and your phone's going low and, and they have one of those charger places where you put your phone in it and you can continue to shop, but your phone is like in timeout, you know what I'm talking about? And here's what I wanna say. Some of you, you need to get into timeout with the Holy Spirit. You just keep running through life and running through life and you're doing everything with everybody else. And just like when your phone gets low, you're like, I'm putting this away. I'm going this way, my phone's staying here. Hey, the crowd might be going here, but you need to stop and spend time with the Lord. You need to stop and spend time and recharge so you can be full of the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna talk about that um, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit today. Um, Hopefully I can get it all to make sense, but um, I wanna talk to us about being full of the Holy Spirit because as Herbert was sharing, like we need to be full, we need to be full. I was like, well, how do I stay full? How do I stay full? And then I wanna make sure that our church is very clear what we believe about the Holy Spirit. And uh, we've preached about this before, uh, but I, I, I'm just not ashamed of this. I'm, I just believe more than ever, the world needs a spirit-filled church. It needs a church that's not ashamed of it and says, this is who we are and this is for today. And uh, just to be clear, and I thought Herbert did a great job, but I'll, I'll use these same points again. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians 1.13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked within him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are marked and you are sealed. And there's a, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you. Takes up, I wanna be very clear. So you have the Holy Spirit and he takes up residence in you. And, and the Bible talks about that it's a deposit. There's a deposit of the Holy Spirit in you and it's a guarantee of what's to come. In, in 2 Corinthians 5, 5, it says, now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. And I want you to understand, even though like the thinking that we have of deposit, it's not like we, we, we just get 10 cents of the Holy Spirit. How many know, it's not like, you know, have you ever bought a bottle and it says, you know, 10 cent deposit, you know, on this? You're not getting, you're getting, you're getting the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, is dwelling in you. I, I was meditating on that two weeks ago and I, and I was in awe all day. And I've read that verse a hundred times. And for some reason in my time with God, he just kept reiterating, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. And I just kind of felt like bigger that day. How many are talking? I just, I just like, I can't believe this. So there's a deposit that's there. And then we believe that there's a second work that happens where you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. We see this in Acts chapter two, verses one through four. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That's where we see this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we believe that that is for today and that believers can experience this and that you can just simply ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
You will see the same thing happen. You will have the gift of tongues. You will be able to speak in this prayer language. And not only that, it opens up all the other gifts of the Spirit that are now able to operate in your life. Um, we see it all throughout Acts. We see in Acts 2, 4, 10, 19. In chapter 19, I love this. Um, they were in Ephesus and they said, they asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we, we haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Like we believed in Jesus, but we didn't, what, what about the Holy Spirit thing? Like the Holy Spirit had taken up resident and sealed them and they were in Christ. And then we see in Acts 19, they lay hands on them, they pray for them. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues and it's a beautiful thing. And we believe that's for today. The early church had this power when they moved forward. Now, there was a pastor years ago that was talking about how the Old Testament was not really that important to our message. And even the New Testament really wasn't that important to our message, that really it was the message of Jesus Christ was really what we needed. And thank you, God, for the other parts of the Bible. But, you know, like what we really need is the message of Jesus. And it kind of rolled me the wrong way because I love the word of God. And um, I think it's important that I love the Old Testament because the Old Testament shows us what's coming. And then when you understand that it's pointing to Jesus, you're like, and it's part of the whole story, you know? And so I'm not saying like, I get his point. He was like, come on, let's get out and share the message of Jesus. I get that. I had an opportunity once, I was in a green room at a conference with him, and I said, you're leaving out part of the equation. And he would be of a church that doesn't promote baptism in the Holy Spirit for today. I said, you're leaving out part of the equation. I mean, I hear you saying like, the Old Testament stories are not that necessary, and we just need the message of Jesus. I said, but the early church had another thing that you're totally leaving out. And he looks at me, what do you mean? I said, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. They operated in the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. You're leaving out a giant part of the equation. And if you're saying that's not important, that's not, like you're leaving out the, the, the big part, the, the thing that Jesus said to wait for. And he's kind of like, huh, I, I'm gonna think on that. I'm gonna, I, I, and I wasn't trying to embarrass him. I was just trying to say like, if you wanna tell us to go out and share the message of Jesus, Let's go out and share the message of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Acts 1.8 says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It, this power is the plus for the purpose. It's the plus for the purpose. We're supposed to go out in the world and share the message of Jesus and thank God for the whole word of God that we have but it's the plus for the purpose that we're going out and sharing this message. And now more than ever, we need a spirit-filled church. I mean, even in the gifts of the spirit that are listed, um, there's the nine gifts of the spirit. Growing up and in my life, I never even really thought about praying for discerning of spirits to know what's behind what's being shared, what spirit is behind what is being shared. But I'll tell you in this world today, this year, I've been praying for discerning of spirits. I've been praying like, God, help me discern what is going on in this. And if that's one of those gifts you wanna give me, I wanna start functioning that gift to know what spirit is behind what's being said and what's being done. But we believe this power is for today. And, and some of you are like, I think I've heard some of these things before. You, you, you have, I'm sure, heard some of these. And just like when we preach about familiar things or things that we go back to over and over again, some things are too good to not say, but... Um, I shared this the first time and I'll share it again um, about the key fob illustration. How many of you know, some of you know what's coming on here, but um, I, I, I had a truck, I had a, a Chevy truck 
and I wanted to get a new one. This one was uh, five years old. I was going to trade it in for a new one. And I went to the dealership. And when I walked in there, I said, hey, can I buy that truck in one hour? One hour. You got one hour. Can we, I have good credit. I, I want to trade this one in. Get this. Can we do it? He said, I think we can. And literally in like one hour and one minute, we did this. We walked out one hour. But as we're leaving, and we, I bought the car, and somebody like, that's a miracle in and of itself right there. But it was one hour, one minute. And as we're leaving, he goes, now, do you know everything about your car? I said, yeah, yeah, I, I totally know everything about it. Same truck, just five years newer. He goes, you know about your remote start? I'm like, this truck has a remote start? And he goes, yeah, this truck has a remote start. And I said, how do you do it? And he said, well, you push lock twice, and then you hold this little circular button down right here. And when you hold that down, it, it remote starts your truck. And I'm like, that's awesome. I got in Minnesota, I got remote. And then I'll say, I said, wait, can I have my old key fob back for my old truck? And I took my fob and I looked at that round circular button that I didn't know what it did. And I pushed lock on my old truck twice and pushed that button and my old truck started. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I had remote start all this time. I had all this power available and no one told me about the round button. Nobody told me about the power that was available. Like almost five winters in that truck wishing that I had the heat going. And, and I just, I, I thought, I can't believe that. Nobody told me. Well, that's how I feel about the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not gonna be the church that doesn't tell you about the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not gonna be the one that you're like wondering, I wonder what it is that I feel in church that like there's a presence of God. Yes, that's the Holy Spirit. I wonder why I, I might get emotional. I wonder why, I wonder what, like when they read that and they said it was prophetic or when the pastor preached, it was so powerful or that song. I'm telling you, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you heard somebody else praying in the spirit, okay? And you heard him speaking in tongues. I had one guy come up to me and he heard somebody in our church speaking in tongues and he goes, hey, um, do we have like a class in Latin? And I was like, what? He said, well, you got a Latin class? I said, I, I don't know, I have no track. He said, the guy next to me, like when you were praying, he was like speaking in Latin. I said, no, that was tongues, that was tongues. All right, so, all right. But it's for today. It's for today. It's the plus for the purpose. And I've never understood the hesitancy of people because it's supernatural. We believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and we can believe that this power is available for us today. Jesus said to wait for it in Luke 24, 49. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power on high. John the Baptist said that Jesus would baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is doing it and we want to receive this. This is a, a, a new thought. I was studying about this and I, I saw this. In all likelihood, every single person that wrote the New Testament was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Every single book of the New Testament was written by somebody that was baptized in the Holy Spirit. We should be leaning into this church. We should be like, every church should be leaning into this. You think about Matthew, John, Peter, uh, were there at Pentecost. Paul said, I, you know, I pray in tongues more than all of you. Okay, so we know that. James and Jude were brothers of Jesus. They were in the upper room. So, I mean, you would be like, if they didn't get it, they would have said, everybody got it, except for these guys. You know, they didn't get it. They got it. And then Luke, who wrote Luke and Acts, traveled with the Apostle Paul. We don't know for sure that he was, but come on. If you traveled with the Apostle Paul for that long, you're like, like, sorry, yeah, you don't get it, I, you know. 
he had like all eight of the writers of the New Testament. People are leaning in. Just the other day, had a, a new friend, a pastor of a mega church. He said, I want to meet with you. I want to talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm leaning into this. I want, the, I want to be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nathan Finocchio, who spoke at our conference, made a, a stat and he said, do you realize by 2050, Pentecostals, those people that believe that tongues is for today, those churches that are doing that, they will be larger by 2050 than the Catholic church right now. This is something the world is leaning into. People are saying that when I had lunch with John Piper, this blew me away. He said, I prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I wanted to speak in tongues the whole, my whole life. I didn't fully, un, I didn't get it. I, I couldn't, you know, it didn't happen. He goes, but I wanted it. And I prayed for it several, I mean, it blew me away that even John Piper said that to me, like, I wanted that thing. I wanted that for today. People are leaning into this. Now I wanna say this to you. This can happen anywhere, okay? We have Holy Spirit retreats and I'm gonna give you some um, opportunities for us to lean into this but it can happen anywhere. After service today, you could be praying with somebody at the prayer teams especially. They are people full of the Holy Spirit. They've been praying ready for that moment. You, you know, I was praying in my office for this guy. I prayed with people in, in their home and, and you can pray anywhere for this. Um, one thing that I wanna make sure though is it, it's good to have a set apart time and a good place. You know, like I've, I've prayed with people and we're at their home and all of a sudden the lawn person is like mowing the lawn and we're trying to pray and it's just kind of, or their kids are there and they're like, mom, mom, mom. And you're like, you know, okay, so you wanna have the right place, the right time. And then also the time for this. Like, you know, how many know if you're like, all right, Lord, you've got a minute, 30 seconds and go ahead. Now, you know, how many know that's probably not gonna happen like that. So we tell people have an appropriate time an appropriate place. That's why we do the Holy Spirit retreats. And I want to give you the dates. October uh, 28th, Apple Valley, Crosstown, and Egan are doing it. November 11th, Woodbury's doing it. Um, and then I want you to write this down. You're like, that's fall. Seek Week, July 10th through 15th. Every night at Seek Week. Every night at Seek Week. I'm, t I, I'm telling you, and I, I really feel this so strongly. There are people that are like, yeah, yeah, tried it once. I kind of, you know, I don't know. I, no, I'm telling you right now, stay hungry, stay hungry. This is for today. This God wants it for you. You need this power of the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's real. And I love when uh, outside sources confirm what the Holy Spirit says and what the Bible says. Um, ABC News years ago did a story uh, by a, a guy that does nuclear brain imaging, Dr. Andrew Newberg. He's a reformed Jewish guy, okay? So not a Pentecostal, but he was studying the brain. He's a leading expert in the brain imaging. And he said, while people were speaking in tongues, there was a decrease in their frontal lobe where your speech is. It was a decrease here of the activity in the brain and it actually goes to the back of the brain. And when I was trying to explain this to uh other people, like even to this pastor that was visiting me, I said, it's not like it's coming from here. And I didn't realize like frontal lobe. I just said, it's not like it's like coming here. I said, it's almost like it's coming here, which is interesting that it's in the back. 
And I said, it's literally like you're receiving from God and the power of the Holy Spirit is praying through you, which is interesting. First Corinthians 14, 15 says, pray in the spirit, pray in understanding, sing in the spirit, sing in understanding, frontal lobe and from the back from the spirit and from what you know and what you've learned. It's a beautiful thing. And I love that the news story from ABC years ago confirms this, even what the word of God says. It's for today. Interesting thing, I asked our staff that were bilingual. I asked our staff that were bilingual because like, what's it like to speak in tongues and be also bilingual? Like I just speak English and um and, and these people are saying, when I'm speaking in another language that I know, it's, it's work and it's all frontal lobe and it makes me tired. But when I speak in my spiritual prayer language, it actually is refreshing. It's life-giving. There's an ease to it. And it's, it, I, I, I feel a strengthening when this is happening. So I, I believe this is just a beautiful thing. And I, I never asked anybody that before that was bilingual, but I, it, just, it just, again, confirms there's praying in the understanding and there's praying in the spirit. There's singing in the understanding and there's singing in the spirit. So this is for today. And that first part was for anyone that has not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit. This for today, that's the type of church we are. We have set up days for this, a seek week for it. Every weekend after church with the prayer team is there, your small group. Matter of fact, we have a small group called Empower. It's part of our core groups now, and we want you to be in, in this as well. It talks about the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, because we want things done decently in order. Sometimes people are afraid of this because they went to a church where things went a little crazy, okay? So we have this, and it's, it, the small groups will be in the fall. You can sign up for it. I encourage people to, to teach this class, and I know my mom's done Alpha and this and that. And I almost think she should teach one of these too and be a part of it or team teach or whatever. Uh, she's always praying for people at the Holy Spirit Day and praying for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. If, they, if you're that, you're like, I'm kind of like your mom. I like that too. I'm, I'm, I'm one of that. We'd love for these classes to be taught, this small group to be taught all over. All right, I, I, I'm looking at my sermon here and I, 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 I'm gonna fly through this, all right? Uh, how to stay full how to stay full. Because when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you start to function in these gifts, there's a greater fullness of the Spirit. It's like overflowing out of you, okay? But there is a possibility to not be full of the Holy Spirit. And I've watched people, like Pastor Herbert said, get into the red. And when he said that, I, I thought, how do you stay full of the Holy Spirit? So the first thing I wanna say is live in obedience and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. It's possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. And as you grieve the Holy Spirit, I believe it, it depletes your fullness. The things you say, your language, your bitterness, your anger, the sinful things. It, when you grieve the Holy Spirit, it's, it, it's like a draining on you. It's like a like. The closest thing I can illustrate, have you ever said something that you know offended somebody and your face turns red and you kind of feel, how many know what I'm talking about? You feel a draining, like you're like, oh, he did. And then you're like, oh, did I just say that? I embarrassed him and I'm an idiot. And you almost want to say like, sorry, but you don't know if you should, you're going to compound it by like saying sorry. And you're like, oh, you know, and, and, and you feel that. It's like a draining in your body. 
I believe you're draining, you're not staying full of the Holy Spirit when you are not living in obedience and you grieve the Holy Spirit. Another thing very similar is when you quench the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians 5.19, really direct and to the point. Don't, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. Like it just says it really straightforward. How do we quench the Holy Spirit? When the Holy Spirit's trying to direct you and you're like, I've got it on my own. You quench the Holy Spirit when you forget that he's the third person of the Trinity and that you, you refer to the Holy Spirit as he, as God. It's not like he's a accessory option, like the rear spoiler on a car, uh, optional Holy Spirit. And you, you can quench the Holy Spirit when you act like, yeah, we, yeah, yeah we, we forget who he is. You quench the Holy Spirit when you make rigid plans. Can I tell you that in our church, we have a, a plan of how the service would go, but we are not rigid. Matter of fact, we still, uh, we don't have all of our campuses synced on live stream because we don't wanna be rigid and we don't wanna quench the Holy Spirit. And so we wanna have that flexibility in a service for a moment to go longer, a prayer moment to be there, an altar time to happen for the Holy Spirit. So we're not gonna quench because we wanna stay full of the Holy Spirit. Some of us can quench the Holy Spirit when we look down on what the Holy Spirit's doing. We see someone crying and we're like, I don't like that, I don't like that they're crying. Look at them, they're all emotional. And you're quenching the Holy Spirit. That could be the Holy Spirit or, or they're full of joy. Sometimes people are full of joy and you're watching them worship and you're like, look at that person up there, practically dancing. I mean, look at them, look at them. And you kind of get, a, and you can quench the Holy Spirit that way. I'll give you a couple, one quick thing. Like I saw this one person that was really exuberant in worship, just like way outside my comfort zone, all right? You know, I kind of have a three chair limit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this is, it's three chair limit, all right. You know, but this person was like, and I just like, and I asked the pastor of that church, he said, oh man, she got healed. Uh, like she was dying and she got healed. And ever since she's been healed, she's, she just like goes all out. And I'm like, okay, all right, I, I, who am I? who I, I'm here, I am quenching the Holy Spirit. I'm not gonna do that. And as a safe rule, I think three chair rule is a pretty good rule, all right. Um, I also, we had to decide years ago, some of you don't remember this, there was a revival where people were doing abnormal things like barking and clucking like chickens and things. I was like, mm, you know, okay. So I, I really prayed about this and I said, if it happens in natural human emotions, we're okay, we're not gonna quench the Holy Spirit. So if people shout, like if you won something, you could shout, if people cry, yep, they might kneel, they might fall down. These are all natural things that could happen to people. Like you could be so overwhelmed with a bad news that hits you, like I'll never forget, or good news. I remember when somebody in our church was given good news and she just found out she was pregnant and they were gonna have a baby and she was on our staff and she's, and she fell to the ground. And we're like, are you okay? She was just so overtaken with the most she fell down. So if these are normal, natural human things, we're okay with normal, natural human things and anything that's unnatural, we'll shut that down. Okay, but I'm not gonna quench the Holy Spirit when, when, when you know, people pray. And I, I don't think Kathy would mind, but man, Kathy is the front row at Apple Valley. She's like, amen, preach it, preach it. And I had some people like, do you feel, isn't she a little aggressive? I said, she is. She was healed of cancer. God sustained her life. Like she's pretty aggressive and I'm okay with it. I'm gonna let her go. All right, we're not gonna quench the Holy Spirit. Um, and we're not gonna look down. Like, I didn't know a lot about the Holy Spirit as a kid. I just know that we went to a traditional church 
and, and there was a red candle up on the stage. And I remember asking like, what's the candle? And they said, that's for the Holy Spirit. And I was like, oh my goodness, the, the Holy Spirit's here and he's in a candle. I didn't know. <laughs> and then I was like, what happens if the candle goes out? we got to keep that candle going because we need the Holy Spirit. You know, and I, you know, I didn't realize it was symbolic, but I was just like, I didn't know much, but now I know so much more. And I want to say, Holy Spirit, we're not going to quench you. We're not going to quench you. All right, another thing, stay in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. We're gonna stay in the flow. We're not gonna walk in front of the Holy Spirit. We're not gonna walk behind. We're gonna stay in step with what the Holy Spirit's doing. And when we do that, I believe we'll be full of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna let him speak to us in the word of God when we go into our soap devotion and we spend time in the word of God and, it's, and he's gonna speak to us. And as the Holy Spirit makes the word of God again become alive to us and, and he says things to us like, hey, that thing on forgiveness, you need to forgive this person or hey, this thing on joy, you need to increase your joy or the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you and he makes it come alive. You're staying full of the Holy Spirit. Another thing is singing praise and worship helps you to stay full of the Holy Spirit. It does, it helps you. In 2 Kings 3.15, I love this story. Elisha needs to prophesy. And he says this, bring me a harpist. And it says, while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha and then he prophesied. There's something about the power of praise and worship that helps you stay full of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you need to change your playlist and you need to start staying full of the Holy Spirit in that way. Another thing, and this would be the last thing, um, and I flew by these, um, pray in the Spirit. You wanna stay full of Spirit? Pray in the Spirit. So many people say, well, I went to camp and I got it. I prayed a few words. No, I'm praying all the time. Praying all the time in the Holy Spirit praying in that prayer language, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Think about that. You're literally like refilling. I know it sounds like I'm speaking in tongues, I'm praying in this prayer language, and as I'm doing that, I'm not emptying myself, I'm actually refilling, I'm edifying. Something is happening in me, I'm lifting, I'm staying away from red and I'm full. I, I pray for our church to be filled with the Spirit, yes. baptized in the Spirit, full overflowing. The world desperately needs a church that is full of the Holy Spirit, that we have enough that when we go wherever the Holy Spirit's leading, we're walking in step with the Spirit and we're a Spirit-filled church because when I look at the, the Word of God, the miracles happened outside the church. And I think we're coming to that era where the miracles need to be happening outside the church. I really believe that. It, 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 we've, we've had a church building, church gathering mentality, and I think there's a church going, a church filled to overflowing, and, and that's the type of church we need to be today. So lean into this, put those dates, circle them. This weekend, this weekend could be your weekend. This is who we are, the power is available, and we're not ashamed. So God, I pray right now that you would help us to live that way. We're not ashamed. You, you said, wait for this gift, Jesus. You said you'd baptize us in the Holy Spirit. We'd receive power to fulfill the mission that you've called us to do. And so God, I'm praying that we'd be filled to overflowing. I pray for anybody that's hesitant, let them be receptive. For anybody that said, tried it, tried it, tried it, Lord, may they just see a breakthrough. I think about just the other day when I preached on this to our staff and one of the spouses 
finally received their prayer language and the joy that was flowing down her face because it, it was something that she thought, oh, it's not for me. It is for us today. It's for us today. And so God, on top of that, I pray that we be filled to overflowing. Help us to be a church full of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.